Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time it is, wherever you're watching from. We're glad you've chosen to worship with us at Wilshire online today. This is where we normally meet when we're able to, but until we can do that, technology makes it possible for us still to be together. And one of those blessings of all of this is that many of our former members and family and friends are able to stop by and worship with us. If that's you today, I hope you'll leave us a comment on YouTube so we know we've been able to worship together. Now, over the past few weeks and months, we've been studying the Gospel of Matthew here at Wilshire. And last week, Jim wrapped up that series. We noted all through the series how Jesus was Emmanuel, God with us, and how Matthew makes very plain that Jesus is the promised Messiah we've all been waiting for. He is the King. Well, since we finished that series, I wanted to use today to talk about some important questions being asked right now. These are questions of friends and family members, people looking for spiritual guidance. It may even be questions that you're asking today. Anytime a crisis or a worldwide event happens like we're experiencing, people often turn to God. Publishing houses have reported a 44% increase in the number of Bibles sold since the beginning of March. On Wilshire's YouTube channel, our first worship service has been viewed over 450 times. By preacher's count, that means we've had over 1,200 people in attendance. That's pretty good for Wilshire. I know that at least 680 people now know how to make communion bread thanks to Loretta and Petunia. People are looking for spiritual content, but they're also bringing some very interesting questions. These are honest questions that people are seeking guidance on, and maybe you're asking them as well. One of the first questions I've seen a lot recently, why did God send this virus? It's a legitimate question. And anytime there's a crisis or a terrible event that happens, people ask this similar question. Today is the 25th anniversary of the Murrah Building bombing, a terrorist event that took place only nine miles from this church building. And 25 years later, people are asking the same question. Why would God do this? Why would God allow this? People of faith have asked similar questions. The book of Psalms is filled with questions of faith that sound very similar to that one. Why God? How long God? When will you do something God? It is a legitimate question and it's okay to ask. But it must come with this caveat. We should always be careful of anyone who claims to speak on God's behalf if God has not spoken clearly on that issue. And I think the current events fit that mold as well. We must also say that it is true God has used events like this in the past to judge sin and to bring people back to him. Israel's Exodus story begins with a 10-part lesson series, you could say, on who God is and why he should be obeyed. Pharaoh just refused to get the message. That was the 10 plagues. The book of Joel tells the story of how God is sending an army of locusts to judge his people. 
And in Joel chapter 2, Joel says, return to God. He is loving and compassionate. It is true that God has used events like this in the past to bring people back to him. But we also have to say, things like this happen because we live in a broken, fallen world. At the end of Genesis creation account, God stepped back and he looked over creation and said, it's very good. But when you get to chapter 3 of Genesis, the very good creation falls apart. Adam and Eve decide not to follow God, not to trust God. And it wasn't just Adam and Eve that began to experience the brokenness in their lives. All of creation fell apart. Paul says as much in Romans chapter 8 and verse 20 when he says creation itself was subjected to futility or frustration. Because of the fall, we have viruses, heart disease, and cancer, and sickness, and death of all kinds. But that allows us to tell the rest of the story. The entire story of the gospel is how God has stepped back into the broken creation through Jesus Christ and is beginning a work of new creation. Every time Jesus opened the eyes of the blind, healed the legs of a lame person, or cured leprosy, raised the dead, he was pointing to the new creation that God has promised. But before all of that could be redeemed, the underlying cause had to be dealt with. The brokenness, the viruses, the sicknesses, are simply symptoms of the deeper issue of sin. And that's why Jesus died on the cross, so that sin could be dealt with and sin could be forgiven and new creation could come about. And when Jesus walked out of that tomb that Sunday morning, he announced to the world that God's work of redeeming all things was now underway. It's a great opportunity to tell the rest of the story of the gospel. Well, the second question that I'm seeing a lot of online, on Facebook, and in conversation, is this a sign of the end times? When all this started to happen a few Sundays ago, I was sitting in my office on a Sunday night. Rose brought a lady in from the community who had been wandering up to the building. She asked to see the preacher. When she came in, she asked me, do you believe in Jesus? I said, yes. And she looked more intently at me and she said, do you really believe in Jesus? I said, yes, ma'am, with all of my heart. And that woman fell to her knees in my office and began to cry. And she said, does that mean we haven't missed the rapture? Now I'll save comments about the rapture idea for another time. But lots of people are wondering, are these the last days, the end times? Is this how it all comes to an end? Sincere people are asking that, and they're worried. The first thing I would say is, as a Christian, I hope that's what it means. I hope it means that Jesus is coming at any moment, and every promise of God to put an end to the heartache and the brokenness and the sickness, that there'll be no more sorrow or death or pain or tears. I hope that's happening soon. That's why the early church prayed, Maranatha, Lord, come quickly. But what most people have in mind when they ask that question is, 
Are these events signs of the end? And sincere people are pointing to text all through the Bible. Mostly they're reading Matthew 24 or Luke chapter 20, in which Jesus talks about signs. He talks about earthquakes and famine and pestilence. But read closer. Those chapters are Jesus talking to people, his own disciples, not about the end of the world, but about God's judgment on Jerusalem and the temple for their rejection of God's Messiah. And he points to those events, and he says, don't let anyone deceive you. Those must take place. But again, he's talking about the end of Jerusalem's temple. That was an event that took place nearly 40 years after Jesus spoke those words. But of that day and hour, when the Son of Man returns, when God judges humanity and all of creation, no one knows. What I do know is that Jesus' delay is an opportunity for people to come to know him. That's what Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 3. He said God's slowness is not his inability to keep a promise. He says God is not willing that anyone should perish, but that everyone comes to repentance. People are looking whether these are the end days. Maybe they are. But either way, it's an opportunity to come back to God. Okay, the third question that I've heard a lot recently. What should the church do? It's been several weeks since we were able to worship together on Sunday. And that's what we're supposed to do as God's people. I'm thankful that our elders, out of a sense of compassion and care for members and our broader community, made the difficult decision not to meet for these last few weeks and for however long going forward. But this is not a question of faithfulness. You see, our state and local leaders are not persecuting us by asking us to stay at home. In fact, they're asking us to show mercy and, and justice to our neighbors and friends. And isn't that what the church is supposed to be about? Jesus even referenced these things in Matthew 23, and he called, him, called them the weightier matters of the law. We want to be together. And until such time, we are blessed with technology, but technology is not a perfect replacement. When the time comes that we can be back together as a church, we should be back together. There are things we get from being together in one place that you can't get online. And when that time comes, I hope we'll be back together. In the meantime, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to be the church. I don't have to tell you that the church is bigger than this building. It's supposed to be. God has sent us into the world to be lights in a dark place. And I've been blessed over the last several weeks to see this up close. Lacey is making masks for members of our congregation. Bo and his roommate donated 200 pounds of food for us to distribute to people who are in need. Hoppy and Mary have been in and out of the church building, checking on pantry goods, checking in with members, and making some food deliveries. Amanda and Jerry have called me and my family several times to check in with us and to ask what needs we have. Our youth group has done a scavenger hunt. 
our Bible explorers are doing Bible studies with our kids online. The kingdom continues its work, and that's what we're called to do. I don't know what God has in mind through this crisis, but I know that the work of God and purpose of God has never been stopped by any crisis. In fact, God's people have always found a way to use a crisis to bring about the kingdom. As you read the New Testament, one thing you find is that when the church was in Jerusalem, God sent them through the world after persecution. And when the persecution started, the church went all around the world sharing the good news of Jesus. And later, when the church in Jerusalem was experiencing a famine, God reached out to the church worldwide and he used them to provide relief. And he did it in a way that showed the unity of the church. The brightest lights are seen in the darkest moments. And God calls you and me to be that light right now, right where we are. I hope you're finding ways to do that. God bless you, be safe, and be blessed.